Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to the February 3rd edition of the PFF Forecast. This is the last one before the Super Bowl Bucks Chiefs. So we're going to talk, of course, about the game a little bit. We've got props. I've got some fun props as well that I've done a lot of research on. Nice. So you better listen closely. And we're going to talk about some Deshaun Watson trade scenarios and Derek Carr and whether he's worth trading for or what the hell to do with him. So let's rock. to me at the beginning when we walked in here about where we were last week and now i'm trying to overcome sadness I'm trying to get over it i know it's a little sad yeah I, I seeing here's the worst part i expected everyone to be remote you know doing the mm-hmm. super bowl stuff but when you watch espn there's like three people that are there and it's sunny and they're not wearing you know they're not bundled up and it really hurts I, i'm wearing short sleeves Almost as a as a, a mental state. Yeah, as a mental state. <laughs> um, it's sort of like when I stopped wearing a jacket in March. Living, you know, well, that's toughness. Well, yeah, but you're yeah. sort of willing winter to to end. To I'm like willing back. this week to be better than it is, but I don't know if I have that much sway. I will let our wonderful listeners know that Eric has been doing a pretty good job of getting me closer to going to Tampa. Just saying, screw it putting the K95 mask on, making the move. I heard, by the way, I read this story that says if you double mask, it is effective. Really? Yeah. What about, does it get better with three, four? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, <laughs> What's the return I feel like that? there's like a thresholding effect. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. I'm going to go. So there's actually, this is funny. There's a prop that is, um, it's like I found it somewhere. And it's will a coach have the mask on but the nose hanging out over oh the sure top. and you expect so andy's been wearing the mask so like Santa the hat mask yeah yeah, yeah yeah he's been good about it but bruce has just said screw it completely and he's going face shield wasn't and but the wasn't he where didn't he look like the bird and family guy that like fights yes. grip peter griffin for a couple of games there and i think maybe someone was like hey not the greatest. Yeah, yeah, not the greatest. Look, not the best. I, I gotta say, the best mask story. So, aside from a guy wearing gym shorts over his face, the one <laughs> That's game, pretty good. The best mask was obviously McCarthy on opening day. Yeah, because it was good. just like it was a part of his face. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was like embedded. Uh, it's it's gonna be really funny 
in um, like three years from now, you're moving somewhere and you have this pile of masks and you're like, what the hell are you going to Are you back? still going to be, so you remember in Big Short where uh, Brad Pitt's character wore a mask in the, in the airport? Yeah. Are you going to be one of those? No. I feel like I'm going to be. Well, I might be the last person to ever get a, a vaccine because, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. poor me, but um, that's what we uh, Actually, you're going to be the last person who wants a vaccine that's going to get it. There's going to be plenty of people. Right, right. I do want the vaccine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying I'm last on the list of people that gets to yeah, get yeah. the vaccine, unfortunately. Okay, let's go to Watson and Derek Carr. What do you want to start with first? Actually, I've got a, I've got a, a treat for you. Go you know for what it. This is? What's that? So, I, you know, our listenership, wonderful listenership. We have beautiful listeners, the best listeners, tremendous listeners. <laughs> but uh, I found out that we have a female listener that actually listens to the podcast somewhat regularly as a result of, can you guess? The Steve Kornacki one, obviously. Of course. I mean, it wasn't like, hey, I'm looking for a good football podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love betting on football, which I listen to. But a huge fan of Steve Kornacki, a really good friend of my girlfriend. Her name is Cassidy. And the way I found out about Cassidy actually listening to more than just the Kornacki podcast is that my girlfriend received some angry text messages about a particular take that you had. So Cassidy, oh, no. Cassidy's from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. So she is a Drew Brees fan, and she was listening to the podcast where you said Drew Brees is not on the tier with Brady and Manning and Montana and Young and the whole deal. Luckily, I brought it back. I said that he done, you know, had done so much for New Orleans. But uh, we almost lost. We gained her and then almost lost her in one fell swoop. So shout out to Cassidy. Maybe we'll, maybe we'll slowly improve. Well, I just looked. Um, you know, Brees has had a terrific career. There's no... There's no, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, but somebody's got to be in the second tier. There's nothing wrong with being in the second yeah. tier all time. Among Breeze, by the way, so I, I loaded this up to talk about Carr, but since 2014, Breeze, third most valuable player in all football, worth 19 and a half wins behind Rodgers and, and Brady. Mm -hmm. Brady, most valuable. Um, by clearing, He's cleared Rodgers by four wins during that time. Wow. I mean, he has thrown a lot of passes. He has thrown a lot of passes. It's um, it's interesting because the car. I was thinking of of quarterbacks on the good end and quarterbacks on the bad end that you might compare Carr to, and Breeze is a is like the best one, right? Because it's like, well, didn't have a great situation, has struggled with you know kind of. A, a franchise that doesn't totally get it. Yeah. If he goes to a franchise that does get it. You know, I, I'm, I don't want this to happen, but San Francisco. So I, I'm wondering here, because you're not, so I tweeted this out. I think, I think it's actually a fairly solid thing. When you're looking at fourth down decisions, you look at the opposing fans, and if they're relieved that you're punting, punting's a dumb decision. Yeah. Can we extend this to the quarterback spot? Because when I mentioned like Kirk Cousins to you, and you like recoil, yeah, yeah. Is, does that mean that Cousins is a bad choice for the franchise. I kind of think so. But Carr, now, what is it about Carr? Because Carr, eighth most valuable quarterback in all of football since he's joined the NFL in 2014. Ahead of Stafford, ahead of Cousins, ahead of Dalton, ahead of Newton, ahead of you know guys that have played. Uh, uh, Jameis, who was just joined the league a year later, 
you know, basically, you know, just behind Roethlisberger Rivers. He's had a good career, but the problem is, right, he he's always an arm's length away. Is that kind of – and then there's also, like, the, the posing what, on a the car pylon? and all this kind of, <laughs> There's also, like, the being the poster boy for that rule, by the way. Like, what is it about Derek Carr that, as a 49ers fan, you're just like, ah, I okay. don't know. All right, Super Bowl's here, and if you haven't gone to Monkey Knife Fight yet, you still have a chance. Go to monkeyknifefight.com, deposit $20 with promo code PFF, you get a free PFF Edge annual subscription. That's $40. Okay, that's great. You get the draft guide. It's fantastic. But you also then have $20 to spend playing all the great daily fantasy and prop games either on the Super Bowl or on the NBA, which is now in full swing. So go to monkeyknifefight.com, deposit 20 with promo code PFF, and get that free Edge annual subscription and a ton of opportunity for fun this Sunday. So I thought about this long and hard because I want to make something very clear. I'm going to lean in on this one using some of my new techniques from Jerry Madelon. Lean oh, in. I'm going to slow the, down. The goat, by the way. Yeah. I would much rather have Derek Carr on my team as my quarterback than Kirk Cousins. By a country mile. And that is in large part because of the disposition of the player and, yeah. and all those things. But Derek Carr is very accurate. And you mentioned Drew Brees, and this is why I came up with this comparison. It's Drew Brees, it's Tom Brady, and it's Derek Carr in terms of percentage of throws that are accurately charted or charted as accurate. Um, and that's really impressive. Now, he has the low A dot that Brees has. There's a lot of those components there. He's also a little more mobile. So there are some, some ways that you can go, hey, this actually fits with what someone like a Sean McVay or a Kyle Shanahan, where they're relying on accuracy, relying on some mobility, and relying on yards after the catch. And so those things all make sense. What is tough for me is not that Derek Carr isn't good. It's that I don't think he's good enough. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. You know, and, and so like if I'm, if you're asking me, and maybe this is because of my personal disposition, I probably think differently than a lot of owners and coaches, which is like, get me in the tournament yeah. and that's, and then we'll go from there. And I'm all about what's going to win me a Super Bowl. And if you invest in Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins or any of these other quarterbacks where their ceiling to me is QB seven then what you're doing is you're tying yourself into three to four years of hoping. And if I'm the Niners, for me, it's, there's two options. There is Deshaun Watson or there is Zach Wilson slash Justin Fields, you know, trading up. I don't want, if, if you're going to give me a, a new mediocre quarterback, stick with Jimmy G. Yeah, well, that, and I'll say this, Carr makes too much money to be that kind of quarterback, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. And look, there are different quarterbacks for different seasons of franchises i think of you know so kansas city's playing in this and i bring it back to them all the time but the chiefs were 2 and 14 in 2012 they their coach like scott pioli bugged todd haley's part like mm -hmm. we're talking about a franchise in shambles alex smith is not good enough yep. but alex smith is good enough to get you to a position where you realize how far you are away and so i i always look upon his his tenure in kansas city fondly without i don't but i don't need to go to from yeah. long and wide to, to tell you how good he is it, it's not about that it's about the, the season of that franchise Carr is a better version of alex smith why way better version 
And he belongs. I was just about to say, Drew Brees is a better version of Alex Smith. Yeah. And and Carr belongs. That's what it is. Carr belongs on a team that. I'm needs, sorry, Cassidy. Oh, yeah, I was yeah, kidding. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Carr, Carr belongs on a team that needs to get out of that rut. Yeah. So if that's the New York Jets, if that's the you know Houston Texans, possibly right it, X, Y, and Z. Like that's that's where Carr I think can make the money in the NFL and be useful. He sort of reminds me of uh, this is an old timer, but like a Dave Craig, who yeah. if you w- look at all like the leadership of all time, he's great, but he's never contending for a championship. But he's useful in that way. That was the miscalculation the Vikings made with Cousins. That would be the miscalculation the Niners make should they acquire Carr or Cousins. The Niners are in a position where that quarterback's got to take... Like, Kyle Shanahan was up 28-3 in a Super Bowl. He was up 20-10 to in a Super Bowl. Like, getting in the tournament is meaningless to this guy. And, and And it looks like that, too. This past season, shit hit the fan. And you know what they did? They played for a draft pick. Good well, for them. not enough. Yeah, not enough. But you know what I'm saying. So, I agree. There. Are, so, what are the teams that could use a car? Okay. So, th- the first one that came to mind are the Saints. I actually think, from Derek Carr's perspective, the Saints, I, I don't know how the hell he could even get there. We'll have to ask Brad about that one. I don't – Yeah. There would be some weird, crazy shit that would happen where five, 15 people would tweet out immediately, the cap doesn't matter, you know, mm-hmm. all of those things. But that to me would be the perfect situation for him because he is to me, his ceiling is Drew Brees. And even from a wonkiness of character standpoint, he is Drew Brees. Okay. Let me give you another one. What about the Bears? Because apparently the Bears are hot on the Derek Carr train. And I, you make a really good point, which is a team that needs to learn how far away they are. Yeah. And the Bears are. Because they've had a terrible quarterback. Because the Bears had one season of a six, of success and spent that entire offseason thinking they were a kicker away. Yep. They clearly don't know how far away they are. Yep. So they could use a car to sort of bump up against. And here's the thing. The NFC North is a division that is winnable. Yeah. And so if they get car and they take it, let's say, to a divisional round, a divisional round, and it's like, okay, we need to, we need to do what the Chiefs did yep. or we need to do what – you know, Houston did with with uh, Watson. That that would make a lot of sense. Here's another team that I think, and it's not going to happen because it's within the division. But I think the Denver Broncos could really use a Derek Carr. I, I think, um, you know, even to a certain degree, this again won't happen um, because you know Roethlisberger is still there. But I think Pittsburgh could use a, De- a Derek Carr. Yeah. Like Pittsburgh's not. Pittsburgh's a really good one. Pittsburgh's not a Super Bowl caliber football team. Like unfortunately, and we all we all th- thought they were. But again, well, like you you peel you peel away <laughs> that defense just a little bit, and you know is you pe- he that big of an upgrade over Big Ben? It's interesting. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, his, at this point, certainly Ben's cook, man. Here's here's the last one I'll say: Carolina. Carolina is a very good one. Carolina is a very good one because with Joe Brady, you could really get I mean, a lot he's a perfect out of him. Joe Brady quarterback. It's perfect. Teddy That's Teddy's a. Really good a, one. a Probably half a standard deviation below what a perfect Joe Brady quarterback is, unfortunately, for him. So what is what is Derek Carr worth to you? So let, let's unpack what Stafford was really worth. Stafford was worth a first and a third and, yes. a, and a discounted first. So the Panthers the, offered who, the eighth who, overall pick. Who was the Stafford. better quarterback last year, Matt Stafford or Derek Carr? Derek Carr. 
So if the Carolina Panthers offered pick number eight for Matt Stafford, now it got turned down because the Lions got two firsts in Jared Goff. I'm not sure which is better there. I think you can kind of debate those two. Yeah. But if you get offered pick number eight for Derek Carr, let me. So John Gruden was on Chris Collinsworth's podcast. It's worth a listen just to listen to John Gruden talk. Yeah. He is a magician. Okay. So he says a couple of things. First off, he waxes poetic about how great Deshaun Watson is. And then says he's got to stay with the Texans. The Texans got to keep him. No way they're trading him. He then goes on to say, you know what I love about Tom Brady? He's so good at discerning what a defense is going to do. Just like Derek Carr. Okay. This, this dude sold Derek Carr like he was a Rolls Royce. And I wrote in my notes, Derek Carr is the perfect quarterback to trade. Here's why. His defense sucked. This is, so you can explain, this is the Matt Stafford, is Stafford thing all yeah. over again. Oh, well, Derek Carr is actually a great quarterback. His defense has been holding him back. It's the perfect time. He had a, had a good season. They are the only team to have beaten Patrick Mahomes, and they were three points away the next time, okay? It took Jonathan Abram, you know, having a conniption on the last play in order to lose that game to the Chiefs, or they would have been 2-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. It's the perfect time. If you can get the number eight pick from Carolina for Derek Carr, that is out the door and on its way. And then John Gruden is taking that pick. He's taking a couple other Raiders picks, and he's going after Deshaun Watson. Because guess who else doesn't need to do anything besides try and win a Super Bowl? It's $100 million man John Gruden. Maybe you include Darren Waller. So here, here it is. Carr to Carolina, bring in eight. Eight, Darren Waller, two more firsts. To Deshaun Watson, for Deshaun Watson, for Deshaun Watson, and I think that that's that's part of. I mean, we've seen it already, right? Cleveland for years had the bounty of picks that they got from Sashi Brown, mm -hmm. and waited and waited and waited. Took the quarterback finally, and Mayfield has has his ups and downs, but he looks like a decent quarterback at this point. Oakland slash Las Vegas had the picks from the Khalil Mack trade, the Mari Cooper trade. Mm -hmm. Didn't use any of them on a quarterback. And, and frankly, like, didn't pick good players. Yeah. I mean, that's part of Cleveland's issue, too. Waited and waited and waited. I mean, sometimes waiting is okay. I mean, yeah. that's why we've seen historically in the past quarterbacks taken in that, like, 12 to 32 range, generally speaking, suck because they're reaches, right? The yeah. Paxton Lynches and all mm -hmm. that. Maybe, and may, and again, this is the same thing with the Lions. We're, tr we're trying to prescribe brilliance to a situation that might just be noise. It's and just, just kind of luck, yeah. But but could this could this have been a situation they lucked into? Carr coming off of just an absolutely... I mean, it's the second straight year he played awesome in the first half of the year and then sucked in the second half and kept them from actually being a playoff team, but good enough where a team can convince themselves that he's like at least the next step to being competent. And again... We have to realize what the goals are for these teams. For the Niners, it's to win the Super Bowl. For Carolina, it's to become to make the be playoffs. To make the playoffs. You know, and Carr can help them go? make the playoffs. It, it's such an interesting dynamic, and I actually think what you have described. I'm not going to take credit for this. This is a, you did a perfect job describing an inefficiency in the NFL, which is using teams' optimal outcomes against them, not in in a way to benefit yourself. 
So if you are Super Bowl or bust and there are teams out there that aren't, you really benefit from having that average quarterback because you can trade him for way more than he's worth, a la Matt Stafford or Derek Carr. And if you have have organizational stability, you can afford to make some of these moves. So the Bears, for example, are a team, they're a mark right now because- A little unstable, yeah. Because their their, uh, general manager and coach are making decisions to maintain their jobs. You know, Gruden as as much as as much as like you know, Gruden went on a podcast and recruited Richard Sherman. Gruden's yeah, he's Gruden's got above. Well, everything. We talk about seven more years left on his deal. Yeah. You look at Rule. Rule's got five more years left on his deal. You look at Shanahan and Lynch just got an extension. The the marks are obviously Houston, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then like some of these teams were you know they have like sort of win now you know sort of. Uh, you know, I mean, the Rams, for example, like, you know, you're talking about win now, you know, sort of mandates and you can really squeeze these teams with different time horizons than you. I, um, I got a text from someone that said he's gone in all caps. And I'm like scrolling through Twitter to find out what we've missed. But Is I figured, a- I figured Zach Tantillo, our guy would let us know if there was breaking news. Yeah, well, so is it a basketball tweet? I have no idea. Do the, Lake, was the, Lake, do the Lakers have to dump anybody right now? Get <laughs> out. By the way, how funny was the uh, was courtside Karen? Oh, man, I, I'm i preparing. So I'm preparing to take like a month off of sports betting. So I like haven't like followed the NBA. Like as soon as the Super Bowl is over, I'm going to kind of like go yeah. cold turkey for a little bit. Good. So I haven't gotten into the NBA you. so much because I like – don't want to bet it when it's you know the only LeBron, thing on. So did you do you need me to tell you the story at all? No, I kind of kind I kind of, of knew, but I wasn't like watching the game when it happened. Yeah, I mean neither was I, but um, yeah. it's pretty funny. Um, okay, I have some some Watson trade scenarios that I want to run by you, and I want you to tell me um, which ones you like best. Okay. Uh, we talked about the Raiders one, the Niners Bosa two first and a second. I mean, it's worth it. Because I think, don't you think Bosa is a less valuable trade chip than Chase Young? That's what I was, that was, I was going to ask you. Okay, so the football team then offers Chase Young two firsts and a second. That's a weak, that's a stronger offer. Because, and I, I wrote about this on the site this week about Shaq Barrett. The, the hard part about edge players is the delta between a top-end edge mm-hmm. and an edge picked in the first round. I mean, Chase Young made $8 million last year. He's this yep. number two overall pick. That's $12 million less than Frank Clark made. Right. Like, so if you're, if you're then, if you're the Niners and the football team and you're going, the Niners obviously have more pieces that they can then add on to that, right? They also have a higher first round pick. Um, does right. Jimmy G move the needle at all? Is there another young defensive player? An does Jimmy player? G move the needle at all? I don't think so, right? Maybe, but we think of this so differently, right? Because we're sitting here and a lot of people go, no, you've got to take a shot with Derek Carr because he could be great. And we go, there's a lot of evidence that says that's a 1% or 2% chance. It's not worth taking. But Jimmy G was a guy that Bill Belichick supposedly really wanted. <laughs> you know, So maybe you do. Maybe you can flip Jimmy G to the Patriots for a pick and then that helps strengthen your, your trade-off. Yeah, yeah. Um, Which, let me ask you this though. Which team is better off making that trade, the Niners or the football team? In a weird way, in a weird way, it's probably the football team. And here's why. The Niners can 
win. The Niners can get cl- as, as much as I wouldn't endorse it. The Niners can can compete for the highest you know achievements with a quarterback worse than Watson. I don't think the Washington football team can compete for much without a brilliant quarterback. I think that's right. Okay, the Dolphins three firsts. Xavier Howard and Tua. I was going to add Xavier Howard because that's a great point. Our veteran players, especially veteran players coming off of outlier season, Howard's not picking off 10 passes next year. He's a really good corner. He's a good corner, and Houston needs defensive backs like I need to breathe, okay? So it makes a lot of sense. You need a lot of air to breathe, by the way. Yeah, and... Well, the, and it's cleaner for teams like Miami and, and New York, right? Mm-hmm. Because it's not the first round picks aren't going deeper, right? So you could almost even make the argument that fewer first round picks are required for those teams because of the time value of the picks. And the Dolphins are giving them the third pick. So the opportunity for them to either stick with Tua or take a guy to compete with him, I think that offers the yeah. Texans the most. I like that trade a really good amount. I think that's the front runner. My last thing for you is agree or disagree. I don't think the Jets should trade for Deshaun Watson. I disagree. Okay. Let me make my case. Okay. My case for the Jets is that they are an awful football team. Mm -hmm. They are a terrible football team right now. And bringing in Deshaun Watson is going to cause them to do things that I think are irrational to try and make them better in the near term. Whereas if I were running the Jets, I would stick it to... I would take Zach Wilson, who I love. I would build around that. I would use the draft capital that I have to try and become a dominant team yeah. in three to four years. I So that's not a terrible take. That's, that's obviously uh, a, a, a rational uh, choice. Here's my thing, though. You trade Jamal Adams for a moment like this. I, you, look, I can't argue with that, by the way. I, of fleecing yeah and look and and if you put jamal adams into this so let's say we say you number two overall pick and the two seahawks picks yeah that let's say that's the trade you probably need to tr- throw in may or like a number uh, but let's say you said okay i we'll, think we'll Texans, trade you a first round pick jamal adams and marcus may yeah. for deshaun watson you would immediately if you were the jets and that's the that's the reason you trade jamal adams because when you're not good because that turns into assets that you can use to become actually good i so okay so that team then needs to go out and sign a lot of players yes but but i it's they have to sign fewer so it's doable i'm just saying they do they have to sign fewer players though than you think with watson than with than with Wilson. Now they have more money too. They yeah. certainly will, but th- they have sixty three million in cap space, and the and the the, the teams with a ton of cap space this year are way, at such a higher advantage oh than teams God. with tons of cap space previous Dude, years because it's relative to everybody else. You talk about Carr with uh, New Orleans. Like New Orleans is going to sign Jameis back because he's going to be like five million bucks. It was a long con by Sean Payton. It's the blessing in disguise yeah, that Tony Dungy was always talking about. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> like, because they don't have any cash. Like no one has cash. Yeah. So you're going to get your pick of the litter. And I, I'm as, as much as a, a fan of Wilson as I am, like there's just less handholding from a support Absolutely. standpoint that's necessary for him 
or for sorry for Watson and for him. And so like you look at like Crowder, you look at um, you know you look at some of those players that have had some success there. It was success that was clouded in yeah. like bullshit, yeah. you know, which was. Which, I, I I don't think it I I don't think that they need as much with Watson. Obviously, okay. Watson. I I think if it comes down to Miami and the Jets, Watson is saying, "I have a no trade clause. Send me to Miami." That's my guess. So so I I would think that too. But the Giants being down and the Jets playing in the biggest media market in our country, I think would possibly appeal to Watson. I do. The caveat is this. It, media markets mean way less now than they used than to they for sure. ever have. And, um, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Zach Tantillo Roto world, Roto world football Deshaun Watson would not veto a trade to the jets. Interesting. We'll see how that changes. It's going to be fascinating. No, but I mean, I think you're right. I, it's going to be fascinating. And, you know, I think we're, we're probably underestimating the likelihood he stays with Houston, weirdly. Yeah. Unfortunately. I'm, I'm also imbuing my own desi desperate desire to go to a place that isn't 30 degrees and awful. Um, and, and Deshaun Watson can go to Cabo for the entirety of the offseason. Correct. So it's not that big of a deal. Um, okay. Actually, I have one last question for you. Go to the Super Bowl. You have 15 seconds to answer this. Would you rather have Derek Carr or Kirk Cousins as your quarterback next Derek year? Derek Carr. All right. Derek Carr can move. Um, Derek Carr's <laughs> in mysterious ways. No, there, there was a game that was played in Cleveland with yeah. like really crappy weather, and Carr gutted the hell out of that game. We had we had Cleveland against the spread, and Derek Carr was gutsy as hell. He's in that got game. a little mama mentality. Whereas yeah. whereas Kirk Carr a little bit. The lawn chair that Kirk would fold in that game. Okay. All right. It's here. Fifty-five. The big game this weekend to celebrate. The finale, DraftKings Sportsbook, is doubling your money if a touchdown is scored. It, that's it. It's th that simple. Use promo code PFF when you sign up on the DraftKings Sportsbook. The app is phenomenal. It's really easy to use. And then you get an opportunity to double your money if a touchdown is scored. Just one. That's it. You just need not to be a 3-0 game for the entirety of the game with two of the best quarterbacks ever. So go make that happen. It's very simple and easy to do. Plus, they've got the prediction challenge, which gives you a chance to win $25,000 instantaneously so go head over to DraftKings, make it happen it's your last chance to do so before the football season is over and then you'll be ready for draft props when they come right after we'll be there to take you through it as well so go make that happen you must be 21 or older it's new jersey indiana pennsylvania restrictions they do apply see draftkings.com sportsbook for details if you have a gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in indiana 1-800-9 with it by the way also in colorado now so go do that you ready to talk a little Super Bowl? Let's do it, man. Super right. Bowl. So let's do a couple of things first. We're going to get to what we're betting on this game. We're going to do a few hedge opportunities if you have KC or Tampa Bay Futures. And then we're going to do some props. But let's start with this. The three most important non-quarterbacks. Because all anyone's talking about is Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. We talked about it like a billion times. So you go first. One person. Uh, we'll go in, in uh, yeah, yeah. alternating order. Uh... The most important non-quarterback non in this game is is Kelsey. Okay. I knew you were going to take Kelsey. I, I wanted to be different, but it's the answer. Okay. The, here's why I didn't take Kelsey, though. Kelsey is Mahomes to a certain degree. So I didn't put a single Chiefs pass catcher on here because, to me, that argument is all about Mahomes. 
So how tell me this, how does Kelsey separate how does Kelsey have to play well above the nor like isn't that really just Mahomes finding him? Yes, but the miss the the mismatches he can give rise to are so so it, it, look, this is not what I would do. Actually our colleague Timo Risky said and I agree with this, the Bucks should play defense the same way that they did in the first matchup and just hope for variance sake that like they hit two of those three passes and not all three of them. If the Bucks and, and Arian said it today in the press conference, I, it's my fault. I didn't give Davis enough help. If they help Davis with safeties who are by the way, banged up, mm -hmm. then you're going to be talking about Levante David, who is, hasn't practiced fully all the whole two weeks, hamstring injury, Levante David, by the way, less than like a 50 grade covering tight ends this year and over 90 grade covering yes. running backs. Damn it, you so if you stat. so if you have David covering tight end and you have and you have uh Devin White blitzing Blitz. and covering running backs, Sean Murphy bunting this year against tight ends 14 for 14 into his coverage, 123 yards and a touchdown. Kelsey is sort of that that thing where the the it, it's sort of like um playing uh, Tetris where like the the Bucks defense is going to try to do everything they can to help Carlton Davis and they're going to you know fill in over here and then the leftover guys are going to have Kelsey and leftover guys are going to get filleted if they do that that way and, and to me that's, for a reason, that's how that's how Kelsey I think um ends up being a huge difference maker in this game I love your um Kelsey MVP long shot 13 bet. to 1 and I have I mean I I bet him one of my favorite props is Kelsey uh, anytime touchdown and first touchdown okay um to your point Todd Bowles is my first guy and the reason is for exactly this, that he cannot overreact to what they saw in the first game. Mm -hmm. I rewatched the first game again, and I was shocked at how much less impressed I was with the Chiefs offense than I thought I would be. Yes, they hit some deep shots, absolutely. But it was not a consistent, they were not consistently gaining chunk plays. They could get five to seven yards pretty much at will because they're the Chiefs. But I did not come away from that game going, yeah, the Bucs are in complete disarray and trouble. You know, Antoine Winfield Jr. has a little more discipline on a few plays. And they, you know, like, and that's a different thing. Um, so I think Todd Bowles being conservative enough in the blitz packages, which he was in that initial game, right? And really, I think for Todd Bowles, what I would expect him to do is run some games up front with what he has without blitzing. And that's, you know, they only blitz 9 to 53 times against Mahomes. And I, so I think Todd Bowles having a creative yet not overreactionary game plan is big. Uh, your next guy. Uh, yeah, I, I think the second most important guy is Levante David. For the same, for the Travis Well, Kelsey but not game. only that, but this is going to be a big game for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. God help us all. I, and, and I think when you look at the, the offensive line for the Chiefs being banged up, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize what the delta is. We're not talking about Larry Allen being well, out here for, the true for, delta, the yeah. for the left for the left tackle for the Chiefs. Like, Eric Fisher's okay. Yeah. Mitchell Schwartz hasn't played in forever. Um, Chiefs do it with bad offensive line all the time. But I do think the 
I do think Levante David is the good linebacker of, in Tampa. And if they don't use him properly and he doesn't play well, they have no shot. My next guy is Tyron Matthew. And I think Tyron Matthew is an incredibly important player in this game because he has, I, as great as Tom Brady has been, Tom Brady has also been a little more reckless relative to him. Now, not relative to the rest of the world because mm -hmm. he's Tom freaking Brady. But Tyron Matthew has, uh, Richard Sherman compared him to this. this, is not my comparison. I'm not qualified to make this comparison. But to Ed Reed, in the way that he anticipates his feel for the game and his ability to make plays in that way. And I think with a team like the Buccaneers that takes chances, Tyron Matthew, a guy that will take chances, that will play his, you know, will not be scared of the moment. That's for damn sure, is a very important piece. And if the Chiefs are going to win this game, you know, the way that they can lose it is by falling apart on defense. And I think he is the glue that holds that all together. Um, any other guys that you have? No, he's great. I mean, he's the he's the obvious. Um, I've said this all week. Chiefs are second best team in the NFL in, in limiting wide receiver yardage, mm -hmm. third worst in tight end. The Tyron Matthews actually the chief that has given up the most passing yards and coverage this year. Like they try, yeah. but it, it's under 600 yards. But a lot and a lot of it is scheme. A lot of it is schemed as... exactly to him. And so you know, to me, that's like the ultimate like testament, right? The Bucks have three guys. Three of the nine guys in the NFL who gave up 750 or more yards in the regular season play for the Bucks. Chiefs have no one over 600. It's a different defense, and Matthew allows them to play that defense. My player is Cameron Bray for the exact same reason. I don't think that Evans is a player that does much in this game. I think Godwin can. I don't think Scotty Miller is a player that does much. Like The Chiefs don't get beat by these, these deep threat players. Mm -hmm. It's going to have to be Godwin. But Legereus Sneed has had a terrific season in the slot. And so, and I don't think, I think Gronk's kind of cooked. So, oh, man. So, Brait to me becomes the guy that, that, is, the, that is an important player for the Bucks. Okay. Uh, my last one is a combo. It's Chris Goblin and Antonio Brown that, that for that exact same reason. They're going to need, Chris Goblin cannot be dropping passes in this game. And I think Antonio Brown needs to play. Um, I think he's a guy that will give Brady a lot of confidence. Um, and can be, he has the route running ability to cause problems mm -hmm. for the Kansas City Chiefs. And when he is right, if he is right, he is the second best wide receiver in this game behind Tyreek Hill. And it's, and makes it actually pretty close. That's, a, that's an interesting take, but it's not egregious for sure. That's the, he had more war this year in the regular season than Godwin did, despite uh, yeah. snap differentials. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. Okay. Um, what's the, uh, before we get to the bets real quick, what's the, the thing or matchup that's being discussed that's just being way overrated and overly discussed? The Bucks defensive line versus the Chiefs O-line. That's the I mean, first that's thing that easy. I wrote down. I mean, it, it, it's the first thing that every single person mentions. Um, but this is not, as you mentioned, something new to the Chiefs, and they're so good at handling this. Well, and if you want to look at a game in which they maybe weren't, Week, I want to say 13 against New Orleans in New Orleans. Um, Mike Remmers was out. Eric Fisher was doubtful all week. Ended up playing left tackle at probably 60%. Andrew Wiley, who is now starting at right tackle. Mm -hmm. You know, Remmers is going to start for Fisher at left tackle. They, Mahomes was pressured on like 24 or 54 dropbacks or something in that game and did not perform all that great. She still scored 32 points on offense 
And Wiley actually played a good game at right tackle. You got Cameron Jordan so frustrated he tried to punch him out and get yeah. kicked out of the game. If I, I the the Bucks defense is not as good on the back end as New Orleans defense is. Um, so to me, I think that's the blueprint. That's really like the 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 floor for the Chiefs. And when I when I see that, I'm thinking, okay, how you know how much can that really affect the game? Plus, there's going to be some rain. And I do think rain affects pass rush more than it affects it's a good call. It's so, a great call. So I just think it's not that big of a deal that everybody wants to talk about because we love the trenches. Patrick Mahomes' average depth of target against the Bills was below six yards, six under yards. six yards. The yeah. last time it was under six yards was week one against the Houston Texans where they put up, again, 30 points, 30-plus points, I think. And yet in the Commerce Championship, averaged 8.6 yards per attempt ahead of uh, over his year season average with that low of an average depth of target that's because the scheme and the way that he plays adjust all the things around him better than anyone else it's why yeah, it's what the packers didn't do um okay let's get to some bets how are Ooh. you betting this game Ignot this is hedge agnostic yeah yeah i'm betting it a lot that's the, that's how i'm betting <laughs> this game um I, I, you know, Chiefs and over, I, I'm a little bit less. Every time I see a 56 and a half, I buy a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the 56 is really the only way you can go over. I think 56 and a half, you can't. If you're concerned about the weather, you're, prob you, it, you're probably not going to be able to get off the game. I, I could be wrong. Uh, maybe maybe the, the lines had the possibility of weather sort of baked in. Um, now but, you're, t you're taking Chiefs at minus three, though. Yeah, and and money line. I mean, I think like the in fact actually, and I think that this was a this was something that our our friend Rufus Peabody said uh, on a sh on his show in a Super Bowl like this, people will bet the dog and they'll bet the favorite ATS. So there's a little bit of value. So notice the Chiefs have been basically minus three this entire time. Mm -hmm. The money line for them has actually decreased down to minus one sixty three mm -hmm. on Pinnacle. Um, we're seeing some under money here now. Fifty six is is the under 56 is now the side there. Um, so so taking so Moneyline might actually have some value because of the way this game is bet. That's actually really interesting. Because um, people who like the favorite just think the favorite will blow them out. So they're they're happy to lay the three. Mm -hmm. That'll be more expensive than the Moneyline sometimes. That's a good point. I, I think there is a decent amount of Tampa Bay love in the sense that I think they're going to win because they got Tom Brady, you know, and the wackiness yeah. always. Well, and people have bet happen. against Brady like basically all the time. Like, the, the New England was like 57% against the spread for years. So there's clearly been like an ant, there's clearly been some value in betting, perceived value in betting against the Pats. And then it just like never mm -hmm. sort of materializes. So people might be sitting here saying, you know, I don't want this to happen again. Um, but, you know, I, I, there's, I'll say this by this time, it, it, the, the, the number's not going anywhere. Um, there's not if there's value there you probably maxed out that bet anyway you know whether you like chiefs minus three or, or tampa plus three so it, the the value is really in the props and and sort of how you can bet this thing indirectly yeah i have uh, i've tried to get myself off of chiefs minus three i have a little bit of chiefs minus three i placed a, a decently sized bet on afc winner minus one and a half so i've stuck with that and what i've done is i bet the over at 56 a bunch i've also bet second half over 27 and a half um and i've bet the quarter overs in the second half i've bet over 10 and a half in the third quarter over 14 and a half in the fourth quarter um it just to me there's 
if you're going to see the offensive line versus the defensive line show up at any point in this game, and I'm talking about Chiefs offensive line versus the Bucks defensive line, I think it will be early. And also the Leonard Fournette establishment of the run is going to happen early. Yeah. And it's either going to work and they're, the Bucks are going to be up, which means the Chiefs are going to score in the second half, or it's not going to work and Tom Brady's going to have to throw in the second half. Yeah. So to me, it all points towards the second half having points. Um, and so I like those. This is your last opportunity to take advantage of the Super Bowl 25 promo at pff.com. Now, why would I encourage you to do that? I'm not just going to ask you to spend your money for nothing. The props tool is about it's like it's like showing up to a restaurant, sitting down and immediately being presented with a 10-course meal. It's fantastic. There are so many options. It's Super Bowl props are the best. Everyone's bet the game 100 million times plus three, minus three, the over, it's boring at this point. Props are where it's at. It allows you to have fun throughout the game. And the props tool has like 200 props in there. You can adjust the price depending on what you have at your book. Um, there are game props, team level props, um, player touchdown props, everything is there. Come and get your props. So go get, go make it happen. That's with an elite subscription. Use promo code SUPERBOWL25, get 25% off that subscription. You also get the PFF draft guide, which gets an update on Monday. So. Tons of good stuff. The quarterback annual is coming out in just less than two weeks. So there are, there's no shortage of great stuff coming your way with that subscription. But you got to get it now because if you get it after the Super Bowl, I mean, what are you even doing, man? Just go make it happen. Have you? Okay. So let's say that you like the Chiefs to win. What are some, what are some props that sort of correlate with that? I like the Chiefs to win. What are some props that correlate with that? That's interesting. Um, I would so part of me looks at the Travis Kelsey props again, mm -hmm. and is I just don't believe that Bruce Arians is going to let Tyreek Hill beat them. He's just like the Bruce Arians mentality. I just don't see it. I don't see Todd Bowles doing that. So to me, Travis Kelsey overs correlate really highly with that. And I don't know that I don't know that there's Chiefs running backs. You know, like if you said, hey, the Bucks win, what's correlated with the Bucks winning? Like Leonard Fournette overs um, are something that would, right? Leonard Fournette scores a touchdown, yeah. you know, those things. That's where I disagree. So I think I have some Edward Solaire over nine and a half rushing attempts. I have some Edward Solaire over, not, a, not big, but over like 33 and a half rushing yards. That's moved up since I took it at, at uh, earlier in the week. I have some Daryl Williams unders because I think transition to Daryl Williams, like I think his prop is seven and a half carries. I like under that. Okay. Under 29 and a half yards, I like under that. I think this game transitions into an Edward Tolaire game. But it, but one of the one prop that I really like as far as um you know, if you like the Chiefs to win, here are some props that I think might correlate with that. No score in the last three and a half minutes of the game. It's like plus 125. Hmm. So Chiefs blow out Tampa. There's a good chance they just kind of bleed the, the clock out the, during the end of the game. And, and it sort of ends, right? Hmm. And everybody loves like the scoring at the end of these halves and stuff yeah. like that. There's a ton of those props. I actually have a no score the last two minutes of the first half prop. Both kickers in this game are a little sketchy. It's also outdoors. It's also you know, going to yeah. be a little bit rainy. I got that. That's plus 250. Wow. No scores in the last two two minutes of the game. Um, 
Like Here's it. another one that I like that's correlated with with uh, with Kansas City winning. First score, Tampa Bay field goal. It's like plus 450. That's a great one. And and to me, this is why. So Arians, the last two times he's he's won the toss, has accepted the the, the mm-hmm. ball. Andy Reid always defers. So there's a pretty good chance that Tampa is going to get the ball first. Ball first. Chiefs are a bend but don't break defense. So you move the ball down the field, a la Buffalo in the in I'm the AFC this prop, cha- championship game. Field goal by Ryan Suckup. You mark it down. You got to put points on the board. You got to take the points. And if you like yeah. Kansas City, obviously that that's like, huge. If you're Kansas City and you give up a field goal on the first drive of the game, you're let me happy. tell you. If so, I'm sure we're going to watch the game together wherever it may be. And when Ryan Suckup lines up to kick the field goal, your Ryan Suckup in, revenge game, by the way, your intoxicated <laughs> ass is going to stand up, start fist pumping, <laughs> you know, start raising the roof. You yep. might you might throw up uh, you might pick up a football and throw a seed somewhere. Yep. Uh, I might see the Eric reenactment of a of a pass rush stance happening. Yep. Um, it's all coming out, and that to me is proof that it will be very good for the. Here's Kansas another Chiefs. one that I like as well. Um, if you like Kansas City in this game, no two point conversion converted. It's about minus. Uh, I think I got it at minus two eighty. You're saying because. Bruce Arians will not try two point conversion. Well, he won't try one. He won't try one when they're behind by a ton of like yeah, when they're yeah. down nineteen. They're not right. trying one to get it to eleven. Right. He's not and thinking he, and that he's, way. And he's not going to do the. And if you think Kansas City's going to blow them out, they're never close enough to sort of kick that like down five to make yep, it yep. down three. Yeah. Okay. I, so and the other thing is that it's, it and here's the sneaky part, and you have to make sure for sack props. By the way, half a sack's going to happen. So there's a push probability on those half a sack props, by the way. But in this one, the other one, the sneaky, it's two-point conversion made. So they can go for a two-pointer oh, yeah. and be like uh, what Alan Lazard and bobble yeah. in the back of the end zone, and you still win the bet if no other one is made. That that one's a good one. Here's the last one that I like, okay, that I'll talk about from the Kansas City side. There's a prop that says, who's going to turn the ball over first? Kansas City, Tampa. There's a no turnovers option that's like plus 1,200. This is 2020. <laughs> that that I like that bet. Interesting. Like okay. I don't think Tampa has to turn the ball over for the Chiefs to roll, and yeah. I don't. I, and I don't think it's all that much. Of, dude, Tom Brady has 16 interceptions this year. He has 17 turnover worthy plays. I mean, we're talking about you know Mahomes has a lot of turnover worthy plays relative to how good he is, but you know maybe it's the velocity on his ball or something like that. But like. Uh, the fact that a turnover could happen in this game is not a gimme. That's interesting. I like that one. Okay. Um, I have a couple here. If you have, I know some people have asked, I, they have Kansas City futures throughout the season that are paying, you know, better than five to one. Or maybe you listen to us. We both have Tampa Bay nine to one to win. Um, what are some some ways to hedge? And, I, you know, you talked about props. And I'll give you a couple of props that I like um, for hedging these. If you have Kansas City futures, I love Brady MVP plus 210. Okay, because mm-hmm. if Tampa Bay wins this game, Brady will have to have like not, you know, have like hurt himself yeah. and not played to lose MVP. I mean, like it, he could just hand the ball off all game and they talk about how brilliantly he organized the defense. Mahomes winning the, the MVP offense. last year in a game where Damian Williams had over 100 yeah, yards and two touchdowns. Yeah. Shows you, and Mahomes threw two interceptions. Like Brady's winning the MVP if Tampa wins. Like, yep. You know. I have one more for you. It's a little more risky, but it's a Tampa Bay player to rush for over 100 yards at three to one. 
I, I like that. I mean, that's something. Um, I also think if you can grab Tampa plus three and a half, that's a nice middle there. Yeah, yeah. And and you can look for that. You can find that in some Here, Here's our stance on hedging. If it's a life-changing amount of money for you, do it. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's not, if you can afford to lose the money, unless you view that the hedge bet is positive, as, as positive EV, then, don't, then do don't do it. Yep. That that's the that's the the whole deal. But, and for a lot of people, like if you bet Tampa like thirty to one, like when they signed Brady or something, and you like you put a thousand dollars on it, like yeah, it is a life-changing <laughs> amount of money. You, you, yeah. might, you know. Yeah, you've got You've got. You've written it, it out this far though. Like that's the other. That's the tricky part. Is like if you haven't hedged all the way to this far. True. You know, there, you there's good questions Maybe there. Maybe you haven't. Um, all right. If you have Tampa Bay, uh, I think I think Mahomes MVP, it's minus 106, right? So it's a little yeah. better than the money line. But then here's one that I really like, which is, uh, and you can middle, you can get both of these, but Brady pass attempts over 39 and a half. Um, I just, everyone's talking about Leonard Fournette. Everyone's talking about Leonard Fournette. Tom Brady's going to throw the ball in this game. The reason to hedge with props and not the the other side is because you, you might win, win both. both. Yeah. And and the thing is, if you like Tampa and you're worried about Kansas City winning, but you don't want to bet Kansas City to win because you're not you're not comfortable laying the 160 or whatever Brady overs, right? Because they can win with Brady going over, yep. but if they get behind, Brady is going over like 295. I, I can't remember how many pat yeah, but all that kind of stuff. The, the Leonard Fournette and, and Ronald Jones unders are another situation Good where call. they can win if, if the running game doesn't work, but if they get behind, they're not pounding the yep. rock that much. Or if, they, they, if they're not going to win, they tried to pound the rock early in the game and were unsuccessful. Surprise, surprise. And then, and then they had to pass at the end. Um, and again, weirdly, if you're trying to bet, if you're trying to simulate a Kansas City win, that's maybe when you might want to take some of, and this is where I've kind of hedged a little bit. You might want to take some of the like Mike Evans overs, hmm. you know, because to me, I don't think Evans has a big game unless Tampa is behind and the chiefs play so far back that you see some of the stuff Diggs got at the second hmm. half of last game, as opposed to the first half of last game. Um, the it, other... If the bucks win, I think it's because of players other than Evans and Evans plays a very good decoy in the game. The other thing that I was going to mention is if you have the facility to bet live, that's also something that you can right. do and you might find some opportunities, you know, like let's say that you do have, you know, um, I think this makes more sense for if you have Tampa, Tampa futures and Kansas City gets down early, you have an opportunity to maybe get them at plus money yes. or, you know, and that's a huge because you can win both on a large percentage of the, the plays. So um, that's great. Uh, I would mention the props that we've already talked about. Um, we've talked about Brady over two and a half passing touchdowns. We've talked about Mike Evans under four and a half receptions. Um, uh, Pat Mahomes under 330, I think it is now. Yeah. Uh, you might even find it 335 in some places. Yeah. This brings those. up a good discussion. There are some props that you had to have hit early to get value. There are other ones that you should wait until game time, and those are where the square players are playing overs on yep. on popular players. So whether that is Evans, Mike Evans is a good one. Whether that is Mahomes, Mahomes. I mean, if Mahomes' prop gets out to three forty, it's it's. I mean, I might, and he throws for four hundred yards. I might be living out outside. Um, but the the the. Um, I but, think that's happening either. But way. the the but it, it is important to sort of think about 
the side and total on this game are going to co- probably close where they close yep. and, and they're right where they are currently. But some of these props will close in an advantageous ways towards sharper betters at the close than where they open because of the way that that squares move the market as far as overs. This podcast is brought to you by our friends at pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions with $1 starting bids, over 8,000 football items that are up for auction, sign helmets, balls, jerseys, the whole shebang. Pristine Auction guarantees the authenticity of every product. Use promo code PFF and get $10 off your first invoice at pristineauction.com. A couple others, and you can go check out this article that we wrote on Monday, but I'll just mention a couple of other ones. Um, Tom Brady, under two and a half carries. Tom Brady, over two and a half passing touchdowns. I think that's plus 125. Uh, I mentioned the Travis Kelsey touchdowns. You you had a guy to score two plus touchdowns. Someone was talking about that that they liked. Was that Ben? Maybe. Brown? Was he talking about, was it Chris Godwin or Scotty Miller? It was, yeah, it was somebody on that, yeah, on that side. Anyways, there's plenty of places to go. Uh, you can go to the Daily Betting Podcast where you guys discuss a bunch of those. Um, and then go check out that article that we wrote. Um, we have like eight props on there. So uh, I have, do you have any more props? Here are a couple that okay. I like. Give me a couple more. I have, and then we'll go into the ones that have no mathematical backing. Line. I like, I like cheat. I'm all over chief second quarter stuff. Okay. So over nine second quarter points to Mahomes to throw a touchdown in the second quarter. Mahomes to uh, chiefs to score a touchdown in the second quarter. You're laying a big price for those. But I think I, again, like I think this is how the chiefs play football. Um, it didn't happen in the last Super Bowl, but it's happened mostly in all their games. Um, and I think that that's it. I, you know, obviously we'll, we will have another daily betting podcast. We'll have, we'll have the live show. We'll have all that kind of stuff. But I think we've given you kind of, a, I think some really good ones uh, in this one um, to, to chew on here. Okay. I did, uh, I did some research on some props and uh, so, and some of them are just feel, but here we go. Okay, so let's start with the national anthem, where the game will start. Okay, the depending on where you go, you will find this either right at two minutes or at one minute fifty nine seconds. The average on the national anthem has been just over a minute fifty six seconds. Longest rendition has been by Alicia Keys. It was well over two minutes. The uh, juice is all on the under because it's been under on average. It's been under. Um, a bunch of late. Um, I think it's like minus 150, depending on where you go. It might find it one, minus 140 under. But it's a duo. It's a duet. Has not been a duet hardly ever. A duet, so I call it. <laughs> uh, and and it, the last time there was a duet, um, I think it went over. I need to check that. I'll check but it out. But it would make sense fundamentally, right? If you yes. map this out, like. They're going to have to go back and forth. Now, it's also two singers that are a little different. So they're going to have to switch things up a little bit. I think each one's going to want to show off. I am going over two minutes or minute 59 seconds on the national anthem. The uh, female singer, uh, is it Jasmine Sullivan, I believe, um, can carry out. I watched a couple of her national anthems. She's done them in the NHL All-Star game before. She can carry out a note. I'll also say this. It's been a hell of a fucking year, okay? Yes. It ha- there is going to be, this is going to be a passionate yeah, yeah, rendition yeah. of the national anthem. It is, it is important yes. that she get an opportunity 
to sing the hell out of this fucking anthem. What we need to do, 1990 Super Bowl, Buffalo versus New York, right during the Gulf War. Also, George, in what city? Tampa Bay. Wow. Gulf War was happening. People had to be patted down to go in. You know who sang the national anthem that, that night? Who? Whitney Houston. It was the best national anthem in the history of the Super She's Bowl. Good. And I, I don't know if it went over or not, I'm, but I'm assuming it did. Yeah. So it's, I, I, it's, I agree with you. It's so good. Like in a, in a year with so much turmoil, just yes. letting it all out. Letting we might have go. to look at the 01 Super Bowl and think about the post 9-11 one. Um, so it's Eric Church guidance. and Jasmine Sullivan. Eric Church, obviously not going to carry out notes super long, but Jasmine Sullivan can. And I think people like the under a little bit because she sang a minute 36 second rendition in the freezing fucking cold at an NHL all-star game. That's like the other thing. Think. In the cold, it's a li- it's going to be a little harder to belt those notes out. Yep. Um, I don't think she'll have that problem here. I and like the way you think. So I'm uh, I'm going contrarian here. Here's a question, over. just briefly, because I do have a couple like first carry, first reception, all that kind of props. Do you like betting props that get over? Because because some of these, obviously, the game has to you're yeah. sweating it out. Do you like to have a fair amount of them? Because I think that's what the the point of these props is. People love the prop, like getting paid, like in the, like the first. Yep. That's kind of like why I like have a ton on Edward Tolera over three and a half yards. You want to just carry. keep the, yeah. you want to keep the sweat going. Uh, by the way, I looked this up. The uh, first duet of the U.S. national anthem at the Super Bowl since Super Bowl Forty, which is Aretha Franklin and Aaron Neville, that that one went over two minutes, two minutes and nine seconds. Uh, by the way, Zach Tantillo said, "No, don't do it." In all caps, take the under. Confirmed. Take the over. <laughs> All right. Uh, next one. Uh, t- this one's a little more normal. First challenge. First team that's going to use the challenge. Bruce fucking Arians is using the first challenge. And it's going <laughs> to blow everyone's mind. They're going to go, wait, what? He's challenging this? It's Bruce Arians. He's using the first challenge. Um, next one. Team to record the first sack. I thought this was really interesting. I bet this. Okay. The, the plus money is Kansas City. Yeah, I bet it. Tom Brady is no, – I, I get that he's uh, – but, like, really? But not only that, but it's – we talked about this on the Daily Betting Podcast. Any firsts. The team that has the ball first. Correct. That's the thing. Tampa – again, we could be wrong about Arians taking the ball, but if if that's even, let's say, 60% true. The, the Chiefs are deferring. So – Yeah, exactly. So – and it's also true about the – does the first kickoff go as a touchback? Yeah. All that kind of stuff. You have to think about that in, in that in the in light of Tampa most likely being the team that has the ball first. Uh, so the Chiefs are plus one twenty four on DraftKings Sportsbook, the team to record the first sack. I'll also mention this: the stuff about Mahomes versus the Blitz has been dramatically overblown, but it should be noted that he has taken four fucking sacks on hundred and like sixty <laughs> Blitz <laughs> dropbacks. Okay, so anyways, um, okay, I have a couple. I have one more semi-normal one before my last non-normal one. Long shot MVPs that I like. Tyron Matthew, 40 to 1. And Leonard Fournette as an emotional hedge at 25 to 1. I've also bet as an emotional hedge, Leonard Fournette to score an anytime touchdown <laughs> and to score two plus touchdowns. You did say that on Sunday. Yeah, which I'm is, just letting is... you know. Okay, here's my last wonky one The halftime show. Do you know who the artist is? Shakira. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Shakira's a lifetime of. Lifetime achievement. Lifetime achievement. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to beat Shakira. 
It's actually, um, here's a hint. It's Austin Gale's favorite band. The Weeknd. Oh, nice. So the story goes that Austin Gale, our good friend, I don't know if he's told this on his pod, but uh, Austin Gale. If, if he hasn't, he will. Austin Gale was on a date. That's true. Austin Gale was on a date. He um, brought the girl back and she said, do you have any music? And he goes, sure. What do you want? And she goes, what about The Weeknd? And he goes, oh, I love them. <laughs> it's one guy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Whitney so, Houston, by the way, 215 on her national anthem in Tampa. I need to be listening to that. Okay. So The Weeknd, may have heard of him. Uh, his first song, the favorite at, I think, plus 165 or 175, depending on where you look, is Blinding Lights, the one that's in the commercial. Okay. I think that's a little cliche. Okay. Now, I went and looked at this. In his tours that he did in 2020, Blinding Lights... Uh, was the opener in five of nine. Uh, okay, that's a good edge. Okay, that's decent. Um, but to me, I just don't see them going with the song that everyone knows right off the bat. So I'm going to give you a couple of longer shots. And what I did is I went back and I looked at some songs that have been openers for him in previous years. So there'll be songs that people know, that they like, that they could open with. And I listened to them again to make sure that I, because I think the opening beat has to be one that is a little special. Well, it, it at least has to be one that doesn't elicit like moral outrage. Okay. So that's why can't feel, <laughs> can't feel my face, uh, which is uh, a song about doing drugs. <laughs> I don't think will be the first one that he's going to go with. By the way, the funniest part <laughs> is he has a lyric in another song that I'm forgetting the name of where he jokes about the fact that he won a Nickelodeon award for that song, Can't Feel My Face When I'm With You, which is talking about doing cocaine. Um, <laughs> Speaking of doing cocaine, uh, Mitch Trubisky also won a Nickelodeon award. <laughs> Nickelodeon's on fire. Okay, so um, two, two songs that are plus 250 that have been openers for him in previous years. Pray For Me, which is also featuring Kendrick Lamar, which I think could be a sneaky one to go with because people love Kendrick Lamar. And then Starboy, which has a good beat, I think can work as the opener. And then a little bit of a long shot, which is The Hills at 10 to one because it's got a beat that I could see him coming out to. Okay. I bet, I bet all three of those. Nice, 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 okay. That, I, I'm going to stay away from... From the guy you don't know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I thought it was Shakira. Yeah, that's... Maybe Shakira will show up. Maybe that's how... You can find that somewhere on a, on a book in Antigua and you can bet that. All right. Uh, anything else for the Super Bowl? Oh, man. The, you know, thank you all for, for staying with us for this season. I think that that's... Yes. You know, I, I, I think... It's a good point. This has been... This has been a season where simultaneously... It was, we were on pins and needles the whole time. Yep. But I do think we've had a great deal of fun. Hopefully you've added value to your betting and and just general football experience. Um, but we really appreciate, you know, getting to chop it up and talk football twice a week on here. It's been great. Um, it, it's sort of, it's obviously sad that it's coming to one more game, but uh, but I think that this will be a great game. This think about this, George. Think I mean, about if we this. had to end on a game, this is the one, right? If Pat, if if Mahomes doesn't win this game, does he have a chance of ever overtaking Brady as the greatest of all time? The, I don't Rom the Romo question. Yeah, yeah. I don't think so. Hmm. 
I mean, what does he have to do? If he doesn't beat Brady this game. Ah, oh, man. I, I kind of disagree, and here's why I disagree. The stats that he's going to put up over the course of his 20-year career yeah. are going to be so ridiculous. Um that I think I think and I think he will win enough Super Bowls for it to not be as big of a deal. But I do agree if he wins this game, he is in the driver's seat in terms of having that opportunity. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I think it's a little it's a little bit much to be like he can never overcome someone if he loses. It. But do you think so the question this season has always been about where is Kansas City's motivation at? Mm -hmm. And we all sort of like papered over the whole season for them. And obviously Brady, you know, wired like no one else. Yep. Um, one of the more impressive seasons we've ever seen, if you if you add it all up. The motivation's there for Brady. Motivation's been there the entire mm -hmm. postseason. Mahomes, and he seems like a gem of a human, great, great interview, nice guy. But on the field, he's kind of an assassin, right? And yep. and you think, is that enough motivation to like? To me, I, I I have a really hard time doubting him in a situation like that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of with you. Um, I have one more long shot actually. Ooh, for you for the halftime show. Uh, I feel it coming. I think, I think Daft Punk. I think could kind of get the he's got a cool opener. Anyways. That's our show. Um, thank you guys for hanging out with us. We'll be back on Sunday night. We're gonna go live. We're gonna do it because we're here. We get we gonna be in studio. Why not? Let's do it. Might have to bring in a bottle of tequila to get us through it, but um, we'll have some reactions. We'll see where your head's at, and uh, it'll be a lot of fun. We're gonna get right into draft season. Our, our of guy course. Quinn will already have a T-shirt made for this for the champion. Yeah, there you go. So uh, thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys. Enjoy the game. Peace.